welcome to the Strategic Families Podcast, where we challenge your family to be rooted in God's Word, energized with gospel-centered purpose, and activated on mission for His kingdom. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Strategic Families Podcast. So I hope everyone's doing great as we head into this new year. If your family's like ours, this time of year is filled with reflection on where we may have wandered and created some poor habits, and also seeking to make adjustments that will get us back on track. So last year, we shared a few tools on how to implement discipline and motivate our kids to contribute more in the home. So if you're interested in that, check out episodes 21 and 22, and hopefully that's something that you'll find helpful for your family. For this first episode in the new year, we thought we'd offer a tool to support something so incredibly critical to healthy family life, and that's our marriages. So as parents, we often just get sucked into the life of our kids, right? This is good. This is right. We need to be alert. We need to be aware and really involved for sure. We want to help them grow and give them opportunities and protect them from evil. The problem is that we can get so busy with our kids that we neglect our marriages, and this isn't good for anybody, including our kids. You know, and this can be okay for small periods of time, but a sustained neglect of this critical relationship can lead to some significant friction between husband and wife and harm the life of our families. Before we know it, we find ourselves getting snappy, distant, easily frustrated, and, you know, the kids can see that. Long-term is even worse. This is what leads to the butler and maid type of situation where we just lead separate and parallel lives doing our own thing and, you know, just making sure the kids' basic needs are provided for. Well, we would submit that God has called us to so much more than that. In fact, in family life, there's no more important relationship than the marriage relationship. And I've even told our kids this. I love you all, but there's no more important relationship than your mom and me. So like all couples, we've had our challenges, but the Lord has been so faithful. And we're so thankful for how he has worked in our marriage. So marriage is a topic that is really near and dear to our hearts. Life-giving, vibrant sanctifying marriage. One man, one woman, under the lordship of Jesus Christ, walking through life together, and by God's grace, hopefully honoring the Lord together. We haven't talked a ton about marriage on the podcast because we've been exploring so many ideas about family life and how to interact with your kids, which is obviously the main thrust of our podcast, but we believe that strong families are built on strong marriages. In other words, it's difficult, if not impossible, to have a strong family without a strong marriage. That's not true in an absolute sense. Obviously, there's plenty of different situations someone may find themselves in, like a spouse who's passed away. And you know, the Lord can and does work through all kinds of situations. But in general, all the stuff we talk about regarding family life, being in the Word regularly, teaching your kids the Word, modeling godly behavior, having intention and purpose, capturing your child's heart, opening up your home for hospitality, praying with and over your family, engaging your neighbors, disciplining your kids, all these things. If there's not a strong marriage undergirding these efforts, they'll largely be in vain. If you try to do all these things on your own and your spouse is not on board or not interested or doesn't feel it's important, it's going to be a really long, hard road. And you yourself will probably lose interest or just feel overwhelmed or defeated because it would be incredibly hard to sustain these things on your own. But when your marriage is intact and strong, it breathes life into these efforts. You're on the same page. You're working together towards a common goal of a family that honors Christ and is on mission for Him. So the point of all this is that a godly marriage where husband and wife are committed in love and faithfulness to one another is absolutely foundational to a strong, healthy family life. 
but many of us, to varying degrees, are just not there. For some, it could feel like a very long road to get to a point that they could describe their marriages that way. Our encouragement to you would be that changing the trajectory and simply walking in the right direction, one baby step at a time, will yield far more fruit than you think. When we're obedient to take even one step in the right direction, our God is faithful to multiply these efforts in ways that we can't even anticipate. So we urge you to step forward in faith. So today we want to dive into what it looks like to build and maintain a sustainable, life-giving, and vibrant marriage. Obviously, you could write an entire book on this topic, and as you know, there are many. So we're just going to scratch the surface here. But we do feel compelled to talk about it because it's so critically important to all aspects of family life. And believe it or not, you could even get so focused on your family that you neglect your marriage. All right, so there's our thesis. So we'll start with a question. When's the last time you and your spouse really invested in your marriage? I'm talking about kids are gone, you're looking eye to eye, focusing on each other and how you can meet each other's needs and love one another better. Netflix doesn't count. Sitting at your kid's soccer game doesn't count. Talking about the budget doesn't count. How long has it been? A month? Six months? A year or more? No judgment here, friends. Just hopefully some healthy challenge. However long it's been, if you're like most of us, it's probably time for a checkup. We actively provide maintenance for our cars, our teeth, our physical bodies, or our financial investments, but are we as faithful to invest the energy and work needed to protect our marriages, fix existing problems, and prevent the ones building up right now? The truth is, we so easily neglect the maintenance that we need for our marriages. Maybe you're just coasting and it doesn't feel like anything's particularly needed until you hit a pain point. Point is, regular maintenance is so helpful and so much better than waiting until something major comes up. Imagine you hadn't been to the dentist for 10 years, and then a tooth starts hurting that you can't ignore. That's going to be a painful and expensive visit, and they'll probably find other cavities as well. But as hard as that may be, that's much better than waiting for another few years, right? And much better than never going at all. But by far, the better thing would have been to have gone regularly and catch any issues early so they don't turn into something more down the road. And we would say the same principle applies to our marriages. It's funny because I think we all go into marriage sort of assuming everything's going to be wonderful. I mean, we know there will be challenges, but that's for the future, and it's all good because this other person is amazing. And it's true, that other person is amazing. I have an amazing wife, and that's why I married her. But for all of us, pretty soon there comes a period of disillusionment that this marriage thing isn't just going to be a walk in the park. We realize that now it's not just about my needs and my desires and my hopes and my plans and my priorities. We have this other person whose needs and desires and hopes and plans and priorities may be different. And, spoiler alert, they may be better or more important than yours. Ouch! That hurts. <laughs> now we've got stuff to work through and things to give up or sacrifice, and that's hard. If you've been married for more than a month, you know that work is needed to have a vibrant, flourishing marriage. And we use that word deliberately, work. Make no mistake, if you want a healthy marriage, both husband and wife have to do the hard work to own up to shortcomings, serve each other, be willing to have hard conversations, and often lay down their own desires and needs for the sake of the other. Marriage is sacrifice, and sacrifice is by definition hard. If it doesn't hurt, or it's not hard, it's not sacrifice. So that's maybe the not-so-fun news. But the awesome news is that when we do this work and submit ourselves to one another, we can experience so much life and joy and peace and security and wholeness. All this work and sacrifice is part of the beautiful, sanctifying work of Christ through marriage. And we want all of you listening to experience just that. And in doing so, it will provide a wonderful foundation for a family that honors Christ. Marriage is an amazing thing. We just have to remember that good marriages don't just happen. 
we have to continually die to ourselves. And as Ephesians 5.21 says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the question we pose to you and your spouse and ourselves is this, will we work to prevent problems and protect the marriage relationship? Or will we stay in a cycle of just hoping to avoid problems and then having to pick up the pieces after the damage has been done? As a reminder, Katie and I are in the thick of it with you guys. So we're preaching to ourselves here as well. As we all know, working at your marriage is not a one and done. As Katie just shared, we need to keep up the maintenance, so to speak. The frequency and intensity may decrease as you get into a rhythm over time, but we can't just stop working at our marriages altogether. Hopefully, we'll be growing closer to one another and closer to the Lord along the way. And as we continue in our walk with Christ, by God's grace, we will hopefully be able to experience more and more of the beautiful oneness that God has brought about by uniting us in marriage. But I also believe Katie and I will be working on our marriage well into our 80s and 90s. Can you picture that? 90-year-old me and 89-year-old Katie talking about how we can improve our marriage. I love that. Unfortunately, we just had to be reminded of this need for regular maintenance the hard way. And maybe that describes you too. We hit a pain point and realized it was time for us to go back and break out an awesome tool that we have used many times over the years, which we call, drum roll here, an inventory. And uh, aside here, we may need some rebranding, so please comment with better name ideas. We recently used this tool again, and we want to share it with you because the Lord has used it so powerfully in our marriage over the years. But let me back up as I'd like to have Katie share what the inventory is and how we got to creating it and using it in the first place. Yeah, so after about a year of our marriage, we realized that despite our efforts and intentions, we weren't headed on the vibrant and flourishing track that we had both envisioned when we set out. I was always finding new concerns and conflicts, and Graham was working hard to not let things surface. We all have our tendencies, and those were ours. The result was an unhealthy amount of the three Fs, fighting, frustration, and futility. We were not encouraging and building one another up, but slowly tearing each other down one argument at a time. Through a suggestion from my sister Karen and lots of tweaking over many months, we created what we call our date night inventory. We went on dates each week, but we committed to having a more intentional conversation once each month on these dates to really discuss how things were going, how we could work through sticking points, and how we could better align with each other. This was about working towards really building the marriage we desired and one that could bring glory to God. Close to 15 years later, we've conducted around 100 of these date night inventories, and they've been so life-giving to our marriage. These conversations were hard at first, sometimes really hard. But over time, we saw growth, increased intimacy, and now have far less conflict. In a nutshell, what we do is assess ourselves and our marriage independently in advance using a preset format. Then on the date, we share our written answers with each other and discuss. The written evaluations are the foundation of the evening and critical to how the discussion goes. So it's really important that we both invest time into this. In other words, this isn't something we can just wing. Well, you can but it won't be good and won't accomplish what you really want for your marriage. So we always write down our main thoughts and it makes a huge, huge difference. We'll go through each of the categories in more detail in a minute, but at a high level, the flow is like this. The first thing we do is recognize the efforts and accomplishments of each other. Very important to start positive. Then we make one and only one suggestion for the other to consider. Then we evaluate our own progress. Next, we consider how we're doing as a couple. And then we share a couple of upcoming needs that we see for the next month in an effort to prevent potential challenges next time. We then finish the evening by celebrating our favorite memories from the past month. So pretty simple, but really powerful. Yes, man, I love the date night inventory. It has been so influential and powerful in our marriage, and we really believe it can be powerful for your marriage as well. 
And, you know, it's just a blank form, so it doesn't do much on its own. But if you take it seriously and commit to it, the prompts create opportunities for hard but essential conversations and also beautiful opportunities for encouragement and partnership. And I know what you guys are thinking out there as you listen to this. We're going to do an inventory on our marriage, and you're asking me to write stuff down? Just trust us. It's a beautiful thing. So on the term inventory, think about a business with a warehouse. What do we have back there? and How much do we have of it? If we want to know the answer to that question, we need to check and do an inventory. And that's what we're doing with our marriages. You could think of it sort of like an investigation, although date night investigation is even worse marketing. But when you want to investigate, you ask questions. And that's what this form does. We're simply taking stock of where we are and together determining what we need to do next. And you know, you could go years without finding out the kinds of things that come up during these conversations. And trust me, I am not one who naturally evaluates relationships. Normally, I just want to make sure I never rock the boat, and I generally try to avoid conflict whenever I can, but that's amateur hour if you ask me. Listen to Hebrews 12, 14a. It says, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. It says, make every effort to live in peace, not make every effort to avoid conflict. So I would submit to you that the date night inventory is a fantastic way to live in peace. If we want to be pros at marriage, We've got to get into the specifics with one another and have the important conversations necessary to be on the same page and to be pulling in the same direction. I am so incredibly glad that we've done this over the years. And once you start using this, I know you will be too. One more thing I want to say about the date night inventory. This will not only take work, it will take time. Maybe that's obvious, but it's worth noting that you'll have to set aside this time and push other things aside. It is absolutely not just going to happen. And I can't stress this enough. You will have to make it happen. This means setting the date on the calendar, saying no to things, even saying no to your kids. Have them eat in another room if you have to. Get a babysitter, drop them off with your parents, whatever. But this will require your attention. No phones, no TV, just the two of you investing in your marriage. But I'm telling you, few things in your marriage will give you a better return on your investment. All right, so let's talk about this thing and how it works. Katie, why don't you start by walking us through the different sections, and then we'll talk about why each of them is important. Yeah, sure. So there are eight parts of the date night inventory, and it's a really simple form. We've posted this on our website, strategicfamilies.com, if you want to just download it and start using it. We also have a sample available on the site from our own marriage to give you a better picture of how it might look. The eight parts are three things your spouse is doing well, one thing for your spouse to think about, one thing you hope you're doing well, and one thing you know you need to work on, one thing you're doing well as a couple, and one thing you need to work on as a couple. And then finally, one to two needs you have for the upcoming month and one favorite memory from the last month. So let's walk through these and discuss the benefits of each. The first part is telling your spouse three things you're doing really well. Three is purposeful. We want to overdo this one. It's just a great way to start encouraging your spouse in the things you have seen that he or she is excelling at, particularly with regard to your marriage or the things that you're really thankful for. And be careful that this doesn't just turn into something you could say to anyone, like, you're good with finances. Instead, make it personal to both you and your spouse, like, you've done an amazing job balancing our budget from month to month, making sure the bills are paid, and keeping us on track with our savings goals. I'm so thankful for the stability this provides for our marriage and family. Hear the difference? The first is generic and bland. The second is specific to the person and demonstrates real-life gratitude. And back to the part about writing it down, let's be honest, that's not the kind of sentence you would be able to say on the fly. But think of the life you're breathing into your spouse when you speak in specific terms like that from the heart. 
Some ideas for this category could be how hard your spouse is working to provide for the family, how thoughtful he or she has been, the sacrifices he or she has been making, the gifts he or she has given you recently, words of affirmation he or she has spoken. When you stop to think about it, no doubt you can come up with three, and hopefully many more. If your marriage is in a pretty sour place right now, I would just add the encouragement that even if three is really hard to come up with, it's advantageous to do this to help re-steer your marriage into the right direction. So anything that you see at all, try to capitalize on this and provide encouragement so as to hopefully keep that pattern going and growing. Again, trust the Lord to take your words and multiply. Your job is to take the step in following Him, then let Him provide the growth. And there's another benefit to starting positive. If you happen to have a particularly frustrating thing you want to bring to your spouse next, having started here is a very good heart exercise because it will remind you of things in your spouse that you are thankful for. This will help to prevent one area of frustration carrying undue weight in the conversation. So get this proper perspective before engaging the hard conversations. The first section, three things you're doing well, is definitely the most important. Things will come up here that you may never think to say on the fly during the day-to-day craziness of life. So it's about 30% of the inventory. Okay, so the next category on the list is one thing to think about. I know you're probably laughing like, why isn't this one thing you're doing poorly and really need to work on? Well, words matter, right? We don't want to have a judgmental type posture towards our spouse. That can so easily spiral out of control and derail a conversation, whether or not you have a really good point to make. So this really needs to be what it says, one thing that you would like your spouse to think about. Of course, this doesn't mean that he or she has to change. We're not being demanding here. It means that you've noticed something and you'd like to bring it up. And we each need to have the humility to know that there is almost certainly something that we really do need to think about. And it doesn't have to be something negative. It could be a suggestion for something the other person should start doing. Now, I want us to think about this category for a second and just how powerful it is. When you agree to have this question on the inventory, you are literally asking your spouse to help you with something that you will likely not see for yourself or in yourself. You're acknowledging that you're not perfect, that there is something you need to work on, and you're affirming that you want your spouse to point this out. Wow, just think about the beautiful humility this brings into your marriage. Rather than having to point out stuff seemingly out of the blue, your spouse is asking you to bring something up, and their heart is ready and expecting it. That is both hard and so freeing in a marriage. And if you do the date night inventory regularly, you'll probably find that when things come up in the in-between time, if you know your date night inventory is coming, you'll set it aside and bring it up when the time is right. I'm telling you, this is a powerful, self-effacing question to ask your spouse. Essentially, what you're asking is, how can I be a better husband or wife? Yes, it can be hard to hear things that you're not doing well. But you know what's way worse than that? Assuming that everything's great, only to find out 15 years down the road that your spouse has always been annoyed at this or that quality and had been hoping for years that you would do or see things differently. But since you never asked, they never brought it up. How tragic. That would be so much worse and so unfortunate. And this gets us back to that concept of regular maintenance. It's powerful, my friends. This takes courage on both ends. Courage to bring things up and courage to hear things that you may need to change. So let's take a possible example. Let's say the husband has been staying at the office late and is getting home late. Here and there, it's not a big deal, but this has been going on for weeks now. And with little kids, every minute of help counts for his wife. Every day, the wife finds herself frustrated and not understanding why her husband doesn't care more. Now, there may be a completely legitimate reason for the husband staying late at work. Maybe his job is particularly demanding or it's a busy season or whatever, but he may have no idea the effect that him coming home late is having on his wife. Guys, this is an amazing topic for conversation on the date night inventory. 
They each get to hear each other out and work through something that, if they had left it unaddressed, could spiral into years of frustration and even bitterness. So that's just an example of something you can do, and there are many others that we could provide. I'd like to just add a few thoughts on this one, since it's often the biggest point of the conversation during the date night inventory. First, my mom recently told me a funny quote about how in every marriage there is a tortoise and a hurricane. In our marriage, I'm the hurricane, and thus constantly have something I not only want to address, but I want to do it now, and can be pretty intense in that approach. So a great advantage to this approach of writing it down ahead of time is that I am prompted and compelled to bite my tongue and wait until the next inventory, giving me time to think, pray, and consider my approach. This also helps me prioritize and decide whether this really is the most important thing to work at. And on the flip side, as our tortoise, Graham is more inclined to not rock the boat, as he mentioned earlier. So this exercise is important to push him out of his comfort zone to take time to evaluate and bring things up, even though it's a bit uncomfortable. His perspective is important, and I certainly have things I need to work on too, but not addressing them can allow lies to build up in each of us that can lead to poor habits of interaction and beliefs about one another that can cause incredible damage over time. So whether you are the hurricane or the tortoise, use this opportunity to stretch yourself and sacrifice in your marriage. This category can also help identify blind spots in each other, and it may not be a hard conversation at all. When the other person is done talking, you might think, wow, I had no idea, and thank you for bringing this to my attention. It just wasn't anywhere on your radar. This category gives you the opportunity to bring it up and prevent potentially loads of unnecessary conflict. For instance, maybe you're using particular words or a tone that you think are fine, but are really rubbing your spouse the wrong way. Now that you know, you can avoid those words or change your tone in the future. Huge progress. Lastly, you can use this category to simply suggest an idea you think your spouse should seriously consider doing. For instance, you may say, I really think you've been operating with a high level of stress lately, and it would be so good for you to get away by yourself and spend much needed time with the Lord. I'll take the kids for the whole day. Okay, so the next two go together as a personal evaluation, and they are one thing I hope I'm doing well and one thing I know I need to work on. This is probably more obvious, but we do this as part of the process to prepare our hearts and do honest evaluation of where we are before coming to hear our spouse's perspective. First, sharing something you hope you're doing well might enlighten your spouse to something you've been working really hard at or care a lot about that perhaps they haven't seen or recognized. And for the other one, seeing an area of improvement in your own approach is helpful, especially if you want to acknowledge a challenge before your spouse needs to bring it up. It gets us into the headspace of realizing that we are not perfect to live with and work with either. We all know this, but taking the step back to be reminded of it and letting the Holy Spirit start digging in our hearts is hugely helpful to make sure we're ready for good, helpful, and useful discussion with our spouse on our date. So along the same lines, the next two also go together, and they are one thing we're doing well as a couple and one thing we need to work on as a couple. These categories can help us think about things like our patterns of communication, spiritual growth, alignment in our work, interactions with others, meeting goals we've set for our family, romance, etc. How are we doing as a couple? First, as with the other categories, you'll take the time to acknowledge and celebrate where things are going well and where you believe the Lord has been at work through you as a couple. And this doesn't have to be anything new. It could be just something that is consistently a source of life or encouragement in your marriage. Then, Look for areas of improvement for you as a couple. Is there distance or misalignment that we can address? Are there poor habits we've both engaged in that we need to improve? For example, we might recognize that we both need to be more consistent in daily devotions or physical exercise. It could be recognizing that date nights or intimacy have been backburnered and underprioritized, 
We might sense we've been spending too much time on different activities in the evenings rather than having good conversation and connection and encouraging one another. So many things can come into this category of how you're working or interacting together. So once you're finished evaluating in each area, we want you to start thinking forward to help prevent any issues we might see coming. So each person identifies one or two needs for the upcoming month that they want to make sure are on their spouse's radar. This might include seeing that business trips are coming up or noting upcoming kids' activities and the need to coordinate rides or birthday parties to plan or Christmas shopping to do or maybe there's a baby that's about to be born. Maybe one of you has a particular time stressor and home responsibilities might need to be reallocated to help each other through it. So look ahead at your calendar and think through what kinds of things are coming that have caused tension in the past and brainstorm together how you can prevent those same challenges this time. And lastly, we end on a positive note. One favorite memory from the last month. It's always good to reflect back and be reminded of something that really brought joy into your marriage recently and regain perspective of the big picture. Yes, marriage is work, but healthy marriages are an incredible blessing, and we must remember to create gratitude in this, just like any other area of life. And so, that's the whole exercise. There's no trademark on the date night inventory, So feel free to make it your own and fit it to your own marriage's needs. We've made our own changes several times, but we do have a couple of tips and suggestions from our years of using them. Number one, as mentioned before, write your answers in advance. This is too important to just wing it. Taking the time to write your thoughts in advance really helps you identify root issues. It also keeps people like me, external processors, from saying things that I don't mean or that could be quite hurtful. Lastly, and this is just a side benefit, Uh, but it allows you to have a treasury of your thoughts over the years, including your progress. And you can make fun of us, but we have a whole binder of these that we've done over the years, and it's like a family heirloom, maybe. Uh, Secondly, keep the environment fun and distraction-free. We choose to do these on date nights because we can pull away from the stresses at home and go to a fun place and enjoy some good food. Having these conversations when it is not in the heat of the moment helps both of us be in a mode to solve the issue together rather than get into the attack and defend cycle. And then, again, start and end on a positive note. Never forget that while you do need to work on your marriage, this is a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it's worth celebrating and encouraging one another. It makes a huge difference to start and end that way. So at the risk of hearing content and doing nothing with it, we want to challenge you and your spouse to put a date night on the calendar before the end of this month and use our inventory or another communication tool to facilitate deeper conversation than the typical catching up on the day kind of talking. Dive a little deeper and really seek to know and understand your spouse on this date. And we're praying for you that even if the conversation is a little bumpy at first, it will yield beautiful fruit in your marriage and family life as you stay the course and continue to press in. Remember, marriage growth is a process. If you've spent years building poor habits, it may take months or years to regain the ground fully. But celebrate the progress and keep going in the right direction. We won't fix everything on one date, so please do not try to take on too much too fast. Slow and steady wins the race. Be intentional. Be consistent. Be committed. We know the Lord is for our marriages and can bring beauty from ashes. So no matter where you are right now, whether you feel incredible distance, pain, and frustration with your spouse, or you feel like you're just running parallel races, or you're in a healthy place, this tool can help you grow and stay the course. Well, that's it for today. We hope this date night inventory tool can be used to breathe more life into your marriage and family life. If this episode or a previous one has been helpful to you and your family, would you consider sharing it with a friend? 
I also want to remind you to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already and get notifications for future episodes. We'd also love it if you'd take a couple minutes to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. And lastly, if this podcast has been a blessing for your family, you can check out our show notes to find a link to our Patreon page to support production of the podcast so we can keep providing helpful content for families. Thanks for running this race with us. It is exciting to see the Lord at work. All right. See you next time.